Hello, good evening. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Abiola. Welcome to Physio Wednesdays with Abiola. Thank you very much for the listening, downloading, and then also sending in your feedbacks on the podcast. Some of you have even listened to everything and you're giving us your feedbacks, your encouragement. They keep us going. Thank you so much. So the topic for today, I'll be talking about Elps Palsy. I know if you're a medical practitioner, you're probably wondering, ah, does this still happen? I mean, this is the 21st century. Do we still have babies who suffer from Elps Palsy at birth or things like that. Yes, we do. I uh, recently stumbled on a video. You wouldn't even believe the race of the child and then Elps Palsy happened and then physiotherapy was able to help. So I decided to talk about it today so we can create more awareness, even though it's not as common as before, but it still happens. So what is Elps Palsy? I mean, it's also called brachial plexus palsy. I'm trying to explain it as simple as possible. So it's a kind of a brachial plexus injury that happens to a child most times at birth. Now, it doesn't mean that it cannot happen based on other causes, but today I'm talking about it happening to a child at birth. Now, um, what do I mean by that? I mean, it's a kind of injury that happens when a woman is delivering a baby and this injury normally affects the part of the brachial plexus. Now, the brachial plexus is the collection of nerves that supply the arm. No, so the part of uh, so part of what I'm talking about is that this injury now affects this connection or network of nerves that supply the arm, which will eventually affect the way the baby will be able to move the arm presently and later in life if care is not taken. So what do what are the things that can cause a baby to have brachial plexus injury or Elps palsy? What are the things that can cause um, the signs to look out for and how can physical therapy help? So we're going to keep it as brief as possible. So um, <clears throat> what are the risk factors? Let's start from there. What kind of babies can have brachial plexus um, palsy or brachial plexus palsy? So how does it happen? Now, during delivery, especially vaginal delivery, it's very common in vaginal delivery. When a woman is having a baby and she's anxious, maybe it's a first time delivery or something like that, and she has spent a lot of time in second stage of the labor, there's an increased risk of having <clears throat> palsy for the baby. This does not mean that every woman that spends a long time in second stage delivery usually have um, um, the baby comes out with else palsy. No. Now another risk factor is breach presentation. If the baby at the time of delivery, if the closest part of the baby to the vagina is the buttock or maybe the leg or something, now you know that in that case they have to do a lot of manipulation, a lot of turning. That is if the person is insisting that they still want a vagina delivery and they do not want to consider a cesarean section. So in that case, at the end of the day, after a lot of manipulation, there might be one or two injuries that will affect the brachial plexus. That's why we normally encourage people that if you know, you already see that it's um, a bridge presentation and nothing can be done towards that time they might be encouraged to just go for a serious session we might be safer so another thing that can risk factor of having a palsy for a baby is shoulder dystonia this is a condition where either one part or both part of the shoulders of the baby gets stuck in the vagina during delivery now in this case you have to they have to like manipulate the head now bend let me not use the word manipulate now they have to like 
flex the neck towards one side or the other, trying to adjust, trying to adjust to ensure that one shoulder comes out, then the other shoulder comes out. Now, in doing this, if care is not taken, an injury can happen. They might overstretch or even tear some muscles or overstretch or cause an injury to the brachial plexus because they travel down through that part of the neck even in some cases it might be so severe that the um the collarbone might also be affected in that case in some cases the babies, the babies might even have a, a dislocation so depending on they have the, um, different um severity so another thing that can predispose um, that can increase the risk of having exposed to a baby is if the baby is big if the baby is very big also of course there might be one or two difficulties in having to deliver the baby through the vagina. Then if the mother has um, gestational diabetes, obviously I talked about that um, some weeks back and that how the risk of having a big baby can occur and how the risk of having a palsy can now occur. And also if the mother is obese and um, of course, it's, they said we like to believe it's common in some races, even though now it's not as common as it used to be before because people are more um, they are more accommodating to the idea of having um, um, a serious session now as compared to back in the days. So now let's assume that there's a baby that was born a couple of hours ago. The baby cried. The baby is healthy. The baby is fine. But then they're giving the baby to the mother. The baby is being breastfed. But somehow he or she is moving the right arm and is not moving the left arm. So what can the mother do? So you notice that, okay, we have this baby. We've taken this baby home, baby A and baby B. Now baby A is not moving the arm at all, this right arm at all. My baby B is not moving the left arm at all too but we took them home for a week and we're back at the hospital and baby b is already moving the arm gradually now they say baby b can go but we have to go for physio why because of the level of severity now depending on the severity of the injury that was that occurred during delivery now the baby that had a minor injury maybe just a stretch can just go home and be placed in certain positions and the injury would gradually reduced and he or she might be able to move the hand without any kind of intervention at all while the other baby who had a major tear would definitely need more attention than the one who just had a minor stretch now so let's say the baby who had a major tear or a major injury now cannot move the arm or you notice that the baby is always placing a particular arm closer to the body isn't he or she's only using one arm to when you want to carry when you want to do anything but the other one is always by the body or rotating words one of the things that is common with um else palsy like i need to mention that is that we also call that the position the, the, pos the position they place their arm is the waiter's tip position like the way a waiter would wait with you at the restaurant trying to collect a tip from you doesn't want the boss to see you you know the way they keep the arm adducted and they internally rotate and then they wrist but that is when the baby is already like an adult or is already like, I'm sorry to say, is already standing or working. You can say that. But when it's still a baby of a few weeks old, he or she will just keep the arm close to the body and there'll be little or no movement. Now, like I said earlier, depending on how bad the injury is, there might not even be sensation in that part of the arm. So how would the mother or the father be able to notice this? Once they notice that he or she, the baby is not moving the particular arm, the best thing to do is to report at the hospital immediately because one of the factors that can ensure that your baby recovers on time and recovers fully is when he, um, he or she starts physical therapy or treatment intervention is done 
as soon as possible. So some babies even start treatment as early as 24 to 48 hours after delivery. They're brought in for physical therapy. As much as I said earlier that the condition is not as common as it used to be, but in cases where it happens, physical therapy is inevitable because the parents might be asked to do tests like the x-ray, that is to be sure maybe the collarbone was affected or there are other parts of the bones that are affected or even an MRI or a nerve study depending on where the baby is getting care but after you do all this intervention all these um, investigations they want to know what is going on once they're able to confirm what is going on then you come for physical therapy and your physical therapist will determine what kind of care to be given to that baby as soon as possible but what you can also do at home to help is also important they have to spend a lot of time to teach you what to and what not to do. One of the things to not do when you know that the baby is, even though the baby is getting treatment for Herb's palsy, what you should not do is try to carry the baby with that arm. Try to use that arm to lift the baby. Please try as much as possible not to do that. You want to carry the baby, you can carry them from the um, from the armpit or both sides up. Do not try to use that arm to lift up the baby. Do not try to place the baby on that side of the body where he or she already sustained the injury. Because by doing that, you're trying to increase the compression on the nerve root that's already getting that's already getting treated. So when you get home, you don't place the baby in a position where okay, he or she now sleeps on that part of the arm that had the injury or you are lifting them up you get what i'm trying to say from that part of the arm that got injured or you might say oh we started treatment like a month ago and it's now lifting up the arm in fact it's trying to reach with the arm yeah that is good but that, that is no guarantee that you should go ahead and be using that arm to carry the baby up or you know try to carry the baby like from the armpit of both sides or just from the chair. Either way, do not use that ham as an anchor to carry the baby up. Thank you very much for not using that ham to carry the baby up, no matter how far you've gone in your treatment. Now, the, the duration of your treatment, like I said, is also dependent on the level of severity of injury. In some cases, the baby might even need to go for surgery in some cases. But in cases where the baby just needs physical therapy, you need to ensure that you are consistent and you do your own programs regularly. And you also need to make sure that the things you're asked not to do, please try as much as possible not to do them. And the ones you're asked to do, try as much as possible to do them. Thank you very much for listening. We're looking forward to getting feedbacks from you, your ideas, your experiences, your comments. They're very important to us. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.